she can tell you some some bad news, but you'll feel just so great about it. You know? <laughs> so that's what we call her the Velvet Hammer. She's the one when I, whenever we have something bad to deliver, you know, sometimes she gets the tapped on the shoulder to go do Did it. Did you just give her a nickname because you didn't want to call and give bad news and she just became your arbiter of that bad one, news? That was a part of it, for sure. <laughs> Alan Darby, Jacqueline Martinez, this is the Buyer's Boardroom. Learn the most about who you are today and where you want to be after. Welcome, friends and family, to the first Buyer's Boardroom with Alaris Acquisitions. I'm your host, Rick Music, and with me, who, who really need no introductions at all, are Alan Darby and Jacqueline Martinez, and we're going to get into who they are and what they do here in a minute, but first, let's just, let's just talk about what a big day this is and what we have to cover, and we've got a lot to unpack throughout these, the course of this series, but today specifically, I think it's important for those of you that were kind enough to join us. For us to explain what it is that we're doing, who we are, how we've changed the conversation in the M&A landscape. We'll get into a little bit about who we are and what we do and how we met. And then we're going to talk about why this podcast was invented to begin with. But today we're going to wet your beak. We're going to give you all access to what it actually feels like to be in the boardroom with any number of our buyers. If you're a seller and you want to know what it feels like, that's what we're going to be getting into today. And two people to lead the conversation, probably most appropriately, because they've done it so many times. I'm going to give you Alan Darby. Alan. Hello, Lord, Rick. How are, How are we changing the conversation? This is a big day. Well, first thing, we're, like, we're, we're clearly the Brady Bunch. I didn't know that we did our, our, our virtual backgrounds against our advisor's best uh, advice. Uh, I thought, well, hey, let's put some solid colors up there. But now we look like the Brady Bunch, but we're going to roll with it. So we well, are. Before, um, wait, before you go anywhere, you email us at boardroom at alarisacquisitions.com and give us your feedback if you don't like the colors and if you do let us know i'm going to be plugging that the whole day and if you just don't like alan that's fine to say too yeah we'll probably get a lot of hits on that one jacqueline uh okay so how are we changing the game at alara so um the thing that we've done that's really unique uh is we have cataloged the buyer models in the industry like if you think about it if you ever thinking about transacting, you know, Jacqueline, we get these conversations. They just don't know where to go, what to do. How do you find information? Well, we've spent years building that. So um, at, at Alaris, we are very much a neutral party in the M&A dance. So we're not representing the buyer. We're not representing the seller. We represent a process that we know, Jacqueline, we've done close to 75, 80 acquisitions yeah. uh, over in our collective careers. And uh, we know the process works. But we've taken the time to go out into the marketplace and work with the best buyers in the country. I would say the buyers that have engaged Alaris are probably 80, maybe as high as 90% of all the acquisitions that are done. Um, and so we've taken those buyer models and we've distilled them such that when anyone that's contemplating what, what we call a partnership, we don't use the word acquisition, Rick, uh, because most times when a firm is trying to transact, they're not looking to get out of the business. They want to stay. So we call it a partnership opportunity. Um, and we we can tell them based on whatever they're looking for, what the buyer models are that closely align to their best outcome. And so we're a huge time saver uh, for any firm that's coming into the process, given that we've spent so much time with each individual buyer. So every time a buyer engages us, we probably have 20, what, 50 hours with them. Jacqueline, we go on site, we interview them, we take videos with them. So uh, we're like this Google uh, search um, for, for buyers. So it's a, it's a, it, that is different. To my knowledge, there's nothing else that exists in the industry. I've got a question. Yeah. So if that's true, guys, and again, I've done a little traveling and 
and I think when you say you're an M&A, there's like a heart palpitation. People get a tight tightness in their chest when they say, I'm an M&A or I help. People are pretty standoffish because they're protected on what they're going to give you. So yeah. if we represent 55 people to a seller, does that mean it's 55 times more pressure? Or should this alleviate some of the pressure? Because people, I think, generally are pretty guarded. I think that's right. I mean, we really... We we know we know what's out there, what the market will support. We I think that we bring that unbiased perspective. You know, we're we're there to be your guide through the process, and um, based on what you want on the other side of the close, um, what needs you have that you're trying to um, fit within a buyer, we can help you navigate that. And we're really agnostic as to who you select. We just we really want the right outcome for you. In the end, on the buyer side and the seller side. If I'm driving along in my car and I'm listening to this, and I I want to raise my hand and ask a seller's question: Are we agnostic to cost or price, or how people get paid? Like, the people. Well, what's in it for us? Like, how can oh, we? Oh, of course. Well, no, we do this for free, Rick. No, no, no. So, uh, no. So both the buyer and the seller um, pay us equally in the transaction. So we don't represent the buyer or the seller. Uh, in, in that regard. And we feel like that gives us this really, uh, we're like the arbiter of truth for both sides. I think, you know, the sell side, which, you know, no, no knocks on the sell side, we're sell side advisors in a number of transactions each year. But I can tell you from talking to the buyers, they really don't like that process because there's a lot of animosity in there. It's just like everyone's trying to extract the most amount of value uh, financially speaking, they don't really care about the cultural aspect so much, you know, um, and so we do. And, uh, and I think that's it's a much better place to sit when something goes bump in the night um, between from either perspective that we can speak to the truth of the matter uh, without having a bias kind of implicit in the in the math on how we're getting paid. So and what we do great. And I want to stay on this because I think this is really, really important. So there's, there's the front end of our process and I have questions there, but on the back end of our process, I've met a lot of people that have told me that, yeah, I'm an M&A. Well, let's talk about that, you know, because it's one of the few things I can carry on a conversation about, believe it or not. And, and then I'll come to find out that that person actually hands it off to somebody else and then is never part of the conversation ever again. Yeah. Where are we different there? Yeah. So recruiter. Exactly. You guys have been doing it your whole lives. I'm still figuring it out. So if you're just listening, I'm more with you guys out there listening than I am with the two people on this show right now. I'm still trying to figure this out too. So I'm working with you. Please. So yeah, what you just talked about, um, we generally call a, a recruiter, right, Jacqueline? So like it's yeah. it's there are there are firms out there, and again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a different model where they're like a sourcing agent. So what their primary role is is to identify someone who's thinking about transacting or leaving their current organization to join someone else, they maybe collect a little information on them and they basically flip it over to a corporate development team at a, at a buying entity. And then they step out of the conversation. No, we're, we don't do that. So uh, Jacqueline and I kind of handle two ends of the spectrum. So my time is more focused on the front end, kind of educating the sellers on the marketplace, what's out there, how deals are put together, the math, how to vet a partnership. And I lead the team at Alaris, there's 14 of us that bring them through um, really the point of the, the seller engagement where they are interacting with buyers um, and really discovering you know, who's, who's their potential best fit. Once they've chosen a buyer, uh, that's really where Jacqueline steps in. And I'll let her talk about that process. Please. 
Sure. Yeah. So my my part of the process is more around the the, the nuances around deal terms as the LOI is coming together, the, any deal structure that's put in place, helping describe that to what is an others. LOI, Jacqueline? LOI. Hey, we're all learning. We but let's yes. not go. Let's not go acronym on this. I like it. I like it. My bad. Let's, what is an LOI? Um, what is an LOI, Rick? A letter of intent is what I learned. <laughs> he passed the first test. <laughs> wow, my knees were buckling. Did you guys see that? <laughs> um, a letter of intent. So right. So as business terms are coming together around. Um, when proceeds will be released, what needs to be true for each payment to be made. Um, we're right there along um, both sides to really uh, make sure that it's it's fair and, and it makes sense for the business that's there. And then my team really guides through the end of, through the close as well. So um, through the negotiations of the purchase agreement, employment agreements, anything that will be in place, um, that we're a sounding board because our goal really is to help help this help everyone feel confident in the deal that's being put together. That these are market terms. That this is fair. This is a long term partnership in most cases, and we want everyone to feel really really great about it. So we're there to be be a champion of the deal through the entire journey. And it's also like helping them assimilate the due diligence. Requirements. Yeah. That's always a tough one for firms who aren't used to producing this volume of data, this really granular data. So Jacqueline and the team, they help them understand what the requests are and how to put it together such that it's really ingestible for the buyer, um, as well as, you know, the um, the transition preparation. That's a big, big lift to shepherd, you know, get all the, the client data together, paperwork if it's necessary. So she, she holds her hand across the finish line. So we... Contrary to like the recruiter we were talking about, we from the moment they have the introductory call with us to find out what this is all about to the moment they're signing their definitive documents, uh, we're there the entire way. So what I'm hearing, and I'm this kind of warms me right up, and I guess if you're out there listening, I think what should resonate, Alaris is present from start to finish. We are ever present during the entire process, which is, which is amazing. Um, and and you used arbiter of trust. I wrote it down. I, I'm going to use that again and truth. again and again. Arbiter of truth. Truth. I'll scratch. <laughs> so I wrote it down wrong. <laughs> but throughout our process, being present, and again, from what I've seen, getting into a conversation like this, you've been building a practice, God knows, 15, 20, 30 years. It's yours. I mean, you've got your, your home family, you've got your work family, and you put blood, sweat, and tears. You've got employees under you. You're probably going to do this one time in your life, maybe maybe one or two. So you got to do it right. And to enter into this conversation without someone that's in the know, um, you want to be with a buyer that's done this a few times. I guess what gives me comfort, and I think what I want someone to hear is, you know, having a safe place to say, number one, I got someone representing me that really has no vested interest one way or another where I go. They're just going to give me all this information that I need throughout this process that I've never done before. And you're going to hold my hand the whole way. I, yeah, I, right. That warms me right up. Being yeah. present and being neutral is 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 amazing. And I have. To, do we know anyone else that's providing this amount of service and backdrop on both sides on just education alone? Is there anybody else doing this? Uh, not that we're aware of. Uh, there could be in theory, but you know, as we work with both buyers and sellers over a long period of time, uh, we're frequently told there's they've never experienced anything quite like the way we handle a, a process, you know, that I look, I was a financial advisor 
before and I had my own practice. I did several acquisitions. I've sold my business. So I know what it's like both intellectually and emotionally to go through it. So, uh, and then, you know, our background uh, at United Capital where I, I represented United. So I, I care about the seller's interest. I care about the buyer's interest. We just want to have happy parties on both sides of the equation. So it's, it is a different model. It's a little bit unique, uh, but, but it, we know it works. We're going to have so much time to talk about who we are as a company and what our focus is. And we're going to talk about bumps in the road. We're going to talk about what's worked, what hasn't, the things that we're going to learn from. And I think it was just important for those just joining us to learn you know, what they're getting into here. And I, I'm going to keep using the term all access to the boardroom. I'm going to keep using that because I think it, it, it unpacks a lot under one gigantic umbrella. Um, but I think it's important, though, guys, that this just this one time, we spent a little bit of time on you and Jacqueline. Um, you went into a little bit about professionally where you come from, Alan, and, and, and I think that's important. But I think, you know, when people are going to spend time with us, they also are going to look at the character behind the process. And I think it's important that people get to know us. I mean, they're going to get to know us a little bit throughout tuning in every week. Uh, we have a lot to discuss, but share with, share with us a little bit. I guess what I'd like to know is how you guys met. Um, I'd like to know, are you family people? What are your interests? Just keep it light, but let's, let's unpack who we are a little bit. Ladies yeah. first. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, well, like Alan said, we, we worked together um, at United Capital. I was on their in-house M&A team. So the last 30 or so acquisitions prior to the sale to Goldman Sachs, um, and Alan sourced a majority of those, frankly. And so we worked hand in hand during that whole period. Um, was it awesome and, or was it not yeah. great to work with Alan? I mean, you know, <laughs> no. We, <laughs> Depends on the day. No, I mean, we're, we're really good. Um, we're, we have a really good balance, I think. We're, we're very different, but we're aligned on core values. And, um, and I think we're the arbiter of truth on those things. I mean, we're, we're always aligned on doing, doing the, the right thing in the moment, you know, regardless of what the agreement says, regardless of, you know, just, just being good, being good people. And um, that's always connected us. Well, so that's lots of fun, what you just did there. Yeah. Um, I got, a, I got in my notes, um, there's this nickname that's kind of swirling in the industry. Yeah. Velvet Hammer. Uh, yeah, I hear Hammer. Right. I hear Velvet Hammer. Yeah. I want the world to know who the Hammer is. Can we? Can we? Alan, I want to let you answer this one. She she can tell you some some bad news, but you'll feel just so great about it. You know? So that's what we call her, the Velvet Hammer. She's the one when right. I, whenever we have something bad to deliver, you know, sometimes she gets the tapped on the shoulder to go do. Did it. you just give her a nickname because you didn't want to call and give bad news, and she just became your arbiter? Of that bad was news. that was a part of it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess um, they do get a little intense. Yeah. I know you got kids. Give me yeah. a little bit about family. What you guys like to do for fun? Like when you unplug. I know you don't unplug, but let's just pretend for a moment you lived in a world where you did. Yeah. What do you do for fun? Um, yeah, I live out in Orange County. I have a husband. We'll be married 10 years this year. Um, two little ones. So the negotiations after hours are endless as well, usually around <laughs> screen time or um, play dates. But um, yeah, we have a lot of fun um, just traveling when we can, trying to enjoy enjoy the moment. Good for you. Alan? 
Yeah. So, well, I'm married. I'm 53. I've been married to my wife, Joanne, for uh, this will be our 31st year. So uh, we got married very, very young, obviously. Um, have two fantastic children, uh, Trevor and Elena, who happen to work with us at Alara. So I'm blessed in that regard. Uh, and what do I do for fun? So other than M&A, uh, I call my friends and make fun of them. I send gifts that are world-class. I can actually talk in GIF language, if anybody knows what that means. I can carry on a full conversation. Um, beyond that, I love cooking. Uh, we do travel a lot. You know, my wife and I probably take a, try to take a trip at least once a quarter. So big travel buffs. But uh, other than that, that order. Order. it feels like every other week. What was all that arbiter <laughs> of truth talk? <laughs> See, she's calling me out already. Yeah, they're workations, Hammer. They're workations. I, I, I go on trips, but I still take calls. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I interrupt you, Al. I beg your pardon. <laughs> no, you're all good. I'm done. That's all. Well, I they might want to hear about you, Rick. I you doubt it. Tell me about the. No, music. I don't think other, they do. Other than no. your your last name is Rick James Music. My full name is Rick James Music, M-U-Z-I-K. My mother married um, Michael Music when I was seven. She was a bartender down in Florida, and he had a plan, moved to Stan Arbor. I can, I can, spend, a, I can spend a year talking about my family, so I'm not going to do that. But I came, I, I couldn't, the best life I can think of, I've got a beautiful wife, Jessica, been married, I think, 11 years, um, got two beautiful kids, Andrew and Colton. I'm a hockey dad. I coach their soccer team. I went to school for theater. I've done a lot of things. I've done a lot of jobs and and here I am doing this. And one day we'll talk about why I'm here. Um, but that's, mm -hmm. that's not why we're here. Um, we both come from great places, great family. I got a question for you, Jacqueline. Yeah. What did you want to be when you grew up? <laughs> um, I thought I'd be a lawyer. I was, I was that unconventional child that watched like Matlock and murder. She wrote, and I always found it <laughs> fascinating. So, um, yeah, so I pretty much like a lawyer now for all intents and purposes. Uh, that's to me, you know, she's, she's this close to being a lawyer. And unofficially, I don't know, maybe one day we'll see. Yeah. Well, just getting started. Well, so are we. And that's a great transition. People are going to learn who we are, what makes us tick. They're going to give us comments. I'd like to see more of this. I'd like to see less of Alan. We're going to hear all of that uh, throughout this journey. And I'm looking forward to it. And again, the email is boardroom at alarisacquisitions.com. We're going to be, we're, during our mailbag session, we're going to take your questions live on the air. We want your feedback. Raise your hand. We'll keep it anonymous. So we will ask those questions that maybe you're not quite ready to answer yet because you're getting that tight, tight chest feeling and it's, I'm a little uncomfortable and I don't want my phone to ring off the hook. We're going to make it easy for you to raise your hand. And that's what we're doing here. I guess the question that I've been asking myself, well, the first one was, why me? But the second one was, why a podcast, guys? Whose idea was this? And I know it wasn't Jacqueline's. No, it was my idea. Uh, I have, um, you know, over the last year and a half, as we launched Alaris just two, two and a half years ago, after we sold United Bought Goldman, um, I've been a guest on several podcasts and I found them to be very helpful. You know, I've gotten a lot of good feedback from people who've listened to them talking about how informative it was. And so Jacqueline and I were talking about, you know, we deal with so much uh, irrational fear uh, in the business from just not knowing what's what's going to happen, you know, what's the process like, it whether it's a valuation topic, a post LOI due diligence topic, you name it, or or the freak out moment that everyone is going to have, you know, um, it, it, we thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if we could 
kind of give these firms who are contemplating a transaction, the seller in this scenario, what if we gave them like a peek behind the scenes of what was going on from the buyer's perspective? Because we sit in this neutral spot, we're, we are literally having these conversations daily with buyers about the prospective seller's business, what they like, what they don't like, all these things. And if the sellers could have a glimpse into that world, we think that their their uh, freakout moments would would be less frequent and less severe. You know, because the reality is they're good people on both sides. You know, you just don't know one another, and we just we have to we have to play that role of a matchmaker. And so, what we intend to do with this podcast is share real world stories, no names, of course, um, but you know, pose scenarios, talk about what happened. This week in our world, as we're having these conversations, and in doing so, we think you know it'll demystify this really complex, scary process of selling your life's work, you know, to join someone else. Uh, that's so we're doing that's- okay on time. Let's try this out in real time. I'm just going to test drive this theory. So here we are. Um, we're in it. Um, Two part question. I think it's going to apply to both of you. Um, hey, Alan, a path to partnership, you know, in a, in a three minute answer, if you can, or a two minute answer, what, what does that look like? Followed by Jacqueline. And I'm going to use your word, Alan, you said, everyone's going to freak out. I'm assuming you mean, do they freak out at the same time? Or do they freak out at different times, depending on where they are in the journey? Is there, is there a defined, you're going to freak out here? Or does everybody have their own private freak out? And I want Jacqueline to talk about the freak outs. So <laughs> a, a path to partnership, Alan, give me, give me an idea what that might look like if I'm a seller. Uh, typically, it's a five to seven month journey. You know, it can be shorter, it can go faster. But if we were having an introductory call with someone today, that's what I would tell them, you know, typically five to seven months. Um, and we understand that, you know, that's a big commitment to go through. So the way we run it at Alaris, we break it up into four phases that each one's about a month and a half or so. And they're like predetermined stop go points. Um, and it, that works really well because we know in each phase, uh, you're going to get a tremendous amount of value without having to necessarily commit to going all the way through. And we have a number of conversations each year, meaningful conversations where a firm isn't quite sure that the timing is right, but they do want to know what should I be thinking about if I'm going to transact in a two years from now, three years from now, how should I be making changes in my business to maximize the value, uh, that sort of thing. So we can, we were quite comfortable taking them through. Um, you mean real-time for- consulting, real t- like um, even though they're not transacting? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. No, look, our, my, I've done it that way for years. Um, my personal belief is that everyone is going to transact, you know, so it's just a matter of when. And if we work with them, deliver enough value when they're ready, you know, we'll get the call. So uh, that, that's you know, five to seven months is what I would tell you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Freak out. Um, Jacqueline Hammer. Yeah. Does everyone have a private freak out? Does it happen all the time? Does it include you having freak outs? Can you talk to me about the freak out? yeah for sure well the yeah to alan's point it is a a really long journey so you know i think um if we think back to the towards the end of 2021 that really tested how fast this could possibly go because sellers were encouraged by the looming tax changes that never took effect right so we were it was the real it was a true test of like how fast could this really go and i think even five to seven in the best cases um, is how how fast. And the point of all of that is the longer that it takes, the more room there is to for things to go bump in the night, for things to be read into that like may not necessarily be a problem. But like the the trust, you know, it all boils down to trust being broken or trust being there. 
And, and at those key milestones, we're signing the LOI, we're, we're getting through due diligence. It's not the most glamorous part of the process. Um, then we're signing the purchase agreement. That's a huge step because not only are you signing it, you're committed at that point, but you're also preparing to go to your, um, all of your clients and tell them about the news. And as excited as you are, there's still that, you know, little bit of worry. Like, what if someone doesn't come along with me? And, um, and so we're there for those moments, you know, and we, we try to be proactive, but we're also typically that person that, that folks call when they're, when they're, they're worried about it, what will it be like? And, um, and to give our perspective. Yeah. And everyone is going to have a freak out moment. Like we, and it, it does come in different places, but I assure you, you're going to have it, you know, um, but we're that, hopefully that constant rock of truth, like that sort that North star, uh, for both the buyer and the seller buyers have freak out moments too, you know, um, when they're, when they're nearing a transaction, particularly those that are newer in the process. So, uh, yes, you will have the freak out moment and, uh, we're, we're accustomed to taking them, you know, I've gotten calls at midnight on a Sunday evening, right before someone's asked to sign a document the next morning. And, uh, so yeah, it's just, it's going to happen. We just don't know quite when it will. Well, does anybody have anything anecdotal of something you saw in real time that they were like, Ooh, we had to pull someone aside after that happened and said, okay, this isn't the end of the world, but we have to, we got to corral this or something you've hit on the front end to say, look, we're going in and this and this and this are going to happen. This is what you need to be ready for. Do you have any stories in real time that you can speak on that? Oh, I've got lots of stories, Rick. You know, so. Um, well, I only need one and a relatively <laughs> short one. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. So um, this is not necessarily a freak out moment, but. This is the kind of thing that we want to talk about on this on this show. I was talking to a guy today, and it was a smaller practice. He had you know, probably close to a million dollars or so of EBITDA. And he was telling me I want to house practice is going to be worth so much money um, because he was so profitable. He was like running 85% profit margins. Okay. And so naturally you would think, gosh, someone's going to be excited about buying this practice. But I had to inform him that, you know, that's actually more problematic for a buyer than if you had 20% profit margins, you know, because the buyer in that scenario is looking at that highly profitable practice thinking, what's wrong with this? What are they stripping out that is going to lead us to buying an asset that's going to implode because it can't support the client experience or service model that they have going into the future? It's things like that, um, that we want to get on the table for these firms who are contemplating a transaction so that they're it's not a surprise to them, you know, when they get into the dialogue with a specific buyer, that that data point, which I can tell them up day one, that's going to be something you're going to need to think about. If they didn't have us or someone like us in the middle of the conversation, they're going to be blown away when they get their offer. And that buying firm is layered in $200,000 of P&L expenses that weren't existing today. You know, um, so that's the, that's a real world story today, Rick, of something that I encountered that is perfect topic to discuss on a show like this. I believe we have a name for that practice. I've learned. Isn't that what we call a lifestyle practice? Yeah. That's a lifestyle practice, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. You get LOI yeah. and lifestyle in one it's session. Good stuff. We should cut this short then. <laughs> I mean, my my hope is that when folks decide to work with us down the road, either on either side, that they come in, we have this common language, LOI, lifestyle practice, add, we'll yeah. add to the list every week. But um, that it will really eliminate the, the friction in understanding. We'll have the opportunity to give 
you know, tangible ways to um, work through a given topic and frame things in the best light. Yeah. And, and by the way, like as we do these shows, our intent is every episode, we're going to have an expert, you know, a buyer, a vendor, someone who's in M&A every day uh, doing transactions or involved with it. And they can give their real world experience and, you know, banter back and forth with us um, on any topic, you know, related to the subject. Those of you, again, boardroom at alarisacquisitions.com. If you're if you have any questions there, it could be, maybe you're a buyer, maybe you're a seller, maybe you don't know which, maybe you heard something about your practice that this, and you didn't know the answer. Um, you can certainly email us or you can set up an introductory call with us to get, you know, a one-on-one -on -one private consultation on what some of this means. And we're happy to do that for you. We're here to educate, make sure you, you get the answers that you want. But again, send in your questions. If you want to remain anonymous, no problem. We will read them in, 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 in real time. And it doesn't have to be on who our guest is going to be. We might be an episode or two behind. So don't worry about, oh, I missed my opportunity. We'll get it out on air regardless. Obviously, if you want us to use your name, we will. And then if you say seller, your phone might ring off the hook. At least that's what I'm seeing <laughs> out in the world when people are hesitant to raise their hand. And, but they want to. That's the thing, guys. If you're out there listening, I know you want to raise your hand. And we need to find a safe place to be able to do it without the fear of getting led down a primrose path or a directive is we're going to get you to sell because maybe selling isn't the best thing for you to do right now. Maybe you do need some consultation before that happens. And I think Alan and Jacqueline have done a, have done a fantastic job in their career bringing us to this point. And I think it's only going to get better at Alaris. So before we break, guys, do you have anything you want to close with? No, I would, um, you know, it's going to be fun. Uh, it's going to be real information, not puff uh, puff pieces, you know, we want to give you like the, the truth. Uh, I think one of the virtues that Jacqueline and I share together is just brutal transparency. Um, and we want you to see it. And I think you're going to get a lot out of this series. Uh, you're going to enjoy it. We're, we're fun. We have a lot of fun at Alaris. You know, we interact very well with all the buyers and such. So I think it's the, the personalities that you're going to see and hear, uh, in addition to the information you're going to get here, be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I love the work we do and just, yeah, excited to share, share all of it with our tens and tens of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> tens and counting. Yeah. Um, and, they, and they are going to be brutally honest. Before we started today, they both made me change my shirt. Yeah. And that is yeah. a true story. And so I went and I changed it. And I think they were right because they're the experts. So first of all, I'm very, very excited on behalf of Alan Darby, Jacqueline Martinez. My name is Rick Music. We are Alaris Acquisitions. This is the Buyer's Boardroom. This is our first episode, the first of many. This is a horribly exciting time. I think sky is the limit for what we're doing and what the industry is actually bringing. A lot of great information out there. This is the place to capture it. This is a safe place to capture that information and learn the most about who you are today and where you want to be after. So on behalf of Alaris Acquisitions, thank you for joining us today at the, inside the Buyer's Boardroom. Remember, email us at boardroom at alarisacquisitions.com. And please join us for our next episode coming soon to a computer near you. Um, please bring your friends. We got plenty of room. Uh -huh.